welcome to the Financial Planners South Africa podcast, a show dedicated to driving the positive evolution of financial advice, specifically in South Africa. To join a global community of financial advisors, sharing and learning with one another to drive the positive evolution of financial advice, head to xyadvisor.com. Portfolio Metrics is thrilled to bring you this podcast in support of our common passion, people and the evolution of wealth management. Our global business links precision investment management to expert financial advice through partnerships and technology. Portfolio Metrics is an authorized financial services provider. AssetMap is a proud sponsor of this podcast. Are you looking for the next big thing in advisor technology? AssetMap is used by thousands of financial advisors to help create more meaningful conversations with clients. See for yourself how AssetMap is leading the next phase of financial advice delivery. Learn more at asset-map.com forward slash Louis for special listeners discount. This episode is proudly brought to you by Alan Gray. They say it's important to live for today. Although that might be true, we can't forget to plan for tomorrow. There's a lot of it left, after all. Alan Gray is an authorized financial services provider. Visit www.alangray.co.za to learn how we build long-term wealth for clients. Welcome to another episode of Financial Planners South Africa. Today in the studio, I have with me Jeffrey Harmouth. Jeffrey is the co-founder and CEO of LifeDocs. He's also a chartered accountant, and I'm very excited to have someone that shares a passion for technology and specifically bringing technology into financial services in such a time where we desperately need it. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Louis. I'm really happy to be here. Let's jump into what LifeDocs does. You know, we stumbled upon it when you were on on one of our, our friend shows, Francho de Toy, which was brilliant. Really enjoyed it. And Francho has this way of always finding something new. But tell us this kind of origin story of LifeDocs. How did it come about? Yeah, so... Um my co-founder, um, who is actually the CTO, um, during COVID had a um, family member that unfortunately passed away. And um, during this time, they, they really, really battled with winding up the estate or getting anything ready for um, getting the estate execution state, uh, process going. And eventually what it led to was just a lot of pain and frustration around both the process and the documentation needed in order to to get this family member um uh, uh, get this family member's estate executed. And um, long story short, uh, four years down the line, they they still haven't, uh, or three years down the line, they they still haven't managed to to wind up the estate. And uh, one of the fundamental problems that he found and, and discovered was just lack of documentation and understanding where this person was in their life when they passed away. And um, he then said, you know, I'm I'm sick of this. I need to. I need to make a plan, and then decided that he's going to create a vault that's going to help store all his important documentation for him and his family. And then said to himself, "But why? Why can't I use this to help other people as well?" And at the time, I had recently just sold sold our business, and um, I was in a bit of a transition phase. And he called me up and said, uh, "Jeff, listen, um, I've got this. I've, I've got this idea. Do you want to come on board?" And uh, yeah, I mean that's and the rest is history. From there, we we 
iterated, worked on the project and got to and got to the point of where it is now. And uh, yeah, it's been a really, really um, good journey. They say the best technology starts with scratching your own itch. And what you're saying is that your co-founder, you know, had this need to simplify the deceased estate administration process. And it's, I think for someone in South Africa, it, it gets complex really quickly. You know, what's the type of feedback that you're hearing from your users around losing someone and around like gathering information essentially prior to launching LifeDocs? Yeah, so I think the the fundamental problem that we have is that there's really little education around what it means to be a state ready or what it means to – so if you had to ask the question is if you had to kick the bucket or pass away today, is, do you have all your affairs in order? And that's kind of the 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 question we are we we've um, wrapped around the problem of being a state ready. And if you ask that question to ninety percent of people, everyone's going to say, I, "I don't know what you're talking about," or "No," um, but I have a plan. You, you know, everyone's got a plan, or they've got you know um, a few documents here, a few documents there. Um, things are are in a safe. Things are there. It's it's messy. It's just a very messy process. And and what we found is that is through our initial discussions with with people is by asking that simple question of are you a state ready um it opened up a huge can of worms because then then you got on the road of the will and then you when you start with the will then you know and the moment you do a bit of research on the will almost ev- everyone in south africa knows that 70 percent of people don't have wills which is which is a fundamental problem you, you know it's a huge problem so um and that's just one part of 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 the of the um pie and if you if you go into people that own assets and their own houses, their own vehicles, they they've got guns, they've got jewelry, they've got all these items that they've got, but they don't have a plan for it, and they haven't documented where stuff is for it. So, yeah, I I, I suppose the what we what we realized and and the feedback that that we got ultimately came down to we need to guide people to understand the process of what it means to be estate ready so that if something happens, they can they can have peace of mind that, that their estate will be wrapped up really quickly. And that's and that's our, our function and our goal is to is, is to accelerate that process. So Jeff, you're taking this kind of quite a difficult concept. You know, you're saying it's all these different pieces that play in together. And you've managed to simplify that through essentially an onboarding process into life talks, right? Where someone goes through a wizard, they pick what items are relevant to them, and then they're prompted to upload it. What hiccups have you seen come about with your users through this process? Do people really know what it is that they should be gathering? Yeah, so a really good question. And um, uh, basically, the the wizard is really easy to answer. So people have got no problem going through the wizard process. They actually love it because it, it, it prompts them. It, it gets them into a position where they have to, where they think about certain things and it's quick. It's easy to do. And then once the vault is, has been populated and, and they see how much information is actually required in terms of getting themselves a state ready, that's where they, where they kind of start to say, Oh, wow, I, I didn't realize I actually need so much. And they kind of get the jitters and, and then they, and then they get to get like a little bit of a, um, a little bit of a fright. And then they say, okay, I, I really need to get on this. Um, and then um, you have, 
two different types of people, right? You have the people that are really good at, at managing their affairs. They've got all their documents ready. Those are the guys that spend the next three hours uploading everything and they get estate ready within within hours. And then you have the people that um, really, really want to be estate ready, answer all the questions, get themselves to a point where they just need to upload the documents, but then kind of take their time uploading documents. And yeah, it, it takes a long time for them to to get into the groove of scanning documents in, uploading it and making sure that it's, it's on the system. So I suppose in terms of the hiccups, it's it's the physical interaction of the end user uploading documents into the system that that does take some time. But hopefully, um, and it's uh, what we've seen is through nudges, we 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 are able to then go and say, okay, you need to start uploading X Y Z. Um, yeah. So so those are the hiccups, and yeah. I think I went through a very similar experience, you know, just uploading yeah. my documents like, oh, yes, I do have this somewhere. And then it takes 10 minutes to go in my inbox and go and find it. And yeah. that probably means that it's not very well organized. It's it's taken care of, but it's just not in one neat place. Seeing yeah. that this is a podcast for financial planners, you know, where do we draw that line between what falls into the realm of financial planning and essentially the responsibility of the financial planner versus the responsibility of the client from someone looking in from the outside at our industry, you know, do you think there's a healthy, healthy balance between what the financial planner takes on versus what the client takes on? Yeah. So what I, what I've seen, and um, I'm not an expert in this industry per se, but you know, I've, I've done a lot of um, interviews and I've spoken to a lot of experts in this industry and a lot of financial planners through the process of, of discovering, you, you know, certain problems that we're trying to solve for. And what I've realized is that the, the space is changing and it's changing. I, I would say it, it started changing slowly, but I would say now just after COVID is changing quite fast in that the, the financial planner is now needs to apply a much more holistic approach to how they deal with their clients and get a lot more personal with them. So generally, I, I would say in the past, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, it, it, it is all about getting a client pushing a product and, 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 and you know, then, then that product should take care of the customer when they, when they pass on or if, if, if there's a, an, an event that um, triggers a, an insurance claim or whatever the case is. So um, that's kind of the history that's changing to an approach now where you take the person and you and you hold them by the hand and you and you and you actually guide them because people are really not financially literate and they really are not in a position to think for themselves around these things so the financial planner really has to go and look at this person in detail holistically and say okay this is your position and i would say also extended out of that is perhaps their family as well as to say this is who you are this is this is what your family looks like. These are your goals. Let's let's marry it all together. And with that comes a sense of responsibility around your estate plan and how to make sure that your your legacy is taken care of. Now, I I would off the bat say it's the responsibility of the um, customer or the end user or the or the financial advisor's customer to go ahead and make sure that their documents are all in place, right? That's, that's the, that's the, um, the real, uh, that's where everyone kind of thinks people will do it on their own. But what we found is that if the financial planner actually guides them, nudges them and gives them a little bit of assistance, it goes a long way in them taking care of their own affairs as well. So 
I think it needs to be a blend, a good mix of nudging, helping and guiding as well as doing a few things here and there for them. And then you have this real um, transfer of, of um, I'm going to use the word love because I, th- I, th- I think it's really important in today's, in today's age where if, if the financial planner or the, um, or the estate planner applies a bit of love to, to his customer, then at, at the, they'll get the reciprocation in terms of this customer giving them what they need as well. So, yeah, I, I really think that it should be a hybrid approach. The responsibility lies with both, but it's now leaning more towards the financial planner to, to take the hand of the customer and guide them down that journey. I love that. And we're seeing more and more of these implementation partners, you know, not just for the implementation of a financial product, which like you're saying, that is mm. part of what financial planning used to be, but it's now saying, how do we get it past that point? How do we get it where actually someone can sleep better at night? Not just knowing, oh, there's insurance, but everything's organized and in their place for the day. Not if, when I die. You know, I think that's, yeah. it's a difficult topic to talk to people about death. You know, how have you found these interactions? Do you, do people just want to run away and, and kind of uh, avoid it at all costs? Or the, are they kind of starting to engage in the conversations and saying, well, you know, maybe COVID brought that to light. Yeah, so spot on. Um, I think, and uh, this kind of leads off on, um, runs off the back of, of mental health. You know, people were, mental health was so taboo be, uh, before COVID. Now, when you talk about mental health, everyone is kind of understanding and, and lends an ear or a shoulder or, or, or has a bit of advice around the topic. And it's not taboo anymore. You know, you, you, you're not going to go to the loony bin if you, if you talk about mental health. So in, in the same in the same note, because COVID has such a has had a devastating impact on on people's families with uh, with so many people having passed away, the discussion around preparing for death is it's a lot easier these days. It's still not easy, but it is easier. Um, and I think it's also what we've noticed is there's certain trigger points in a person's life that that will guide a a conversation around death a lot easier and and these things are for example let's say um you've just had a loved one that's passed away it it immediately makes you think about this because you you you're in that moment and you're in that frame of mind um then if you've just had a, a a child you you want to get into a position where you want to take care of your child if something happens to you you know i want to make sure my child is is taken care of um and there's you know there's lots of these various different trigger points that allow for the conversation to flow a lot easier. And I think once you've had the conversation and you've engaged with the person um, on this topic and you've given them peace of mind in terms of what they need, it's a lot easier. Then they feel a lot more comfortable going forward, opening up about anything else within that realm. Yeah, like you mentioned earlier, it's kind of holding their hand and taking them through this process to implement and getting estate ready. You know, we spoke about the estate readiness score that you guys were developing. Yes. Uh, can you share yes. a little bit more about what that is and, you know, what goes into that score? Yeah. So um, basically what we found is that having the vault where you're going to upload all your documents, um, it solves it solves the problem of, of getting all the documents on file, but it doesn't show the, the end user or the customer where they are in the process or, or um it doesn't give them a target or a carrot 
per se to to kind to to get them to the endpoint. So what we what we kind of did was is we said let's gamify the estate readiness um, process. So and and basically what that means is we then give a weighting and a a um, score to each really important document that sits in the vault. And so really basic is if you have a vehicle, we're going to ask you for your um, your registration documents or, or or your insurance documents and so forth. And what what that does is by the fact by virtue of the fact that you have a vehicle, you've got important documents that that you need. And that score then changes dynamically based on all the important documents that that you need off the of the um, assets and liabilities that you currently have. So so um, it's a dynamic score. It, it gives you the ability to, um, if you get to 100% estate readiness, you then have peace of mind. So it's kind of, if I'm at 100%, I've got peace of mind. So it's, it's trying to just gamify, give a score, say, this is where you are. And it actually adds a lot of value to the end user and the advisor as well, because now the advisor has a an overview score for all their customers. They, they can see the change in the score. They now have uh, they can track averages in the score to to see um, you know how estate ready are their customers. And I, I, I think historically this has never happened before. No no financial planner or or fiduciary firm has the the ability to answer the question is of your thousand clients, um, how many of them are estate ready? And uh, yeah, hopefully we can solve for that problem. And uh, yeah, that seems to be received quite well so far. You're kind of how worried should you be? You know, the score tells you is there uh, is there justification yeah. for you lying awake at night? And at the same time, as a practice owner, just the fact that you have those metrics now to say, well, yeah. the quality of my clients' estate planning and estate readiness, because for me, it is an essential piece of estate planning. You know, you can have someone's liquidity and you can have the insurance components, but the day when that person passes away and you have to deal with the spouse or the partner, it's really difficult. You know, coming into this meeting, I was sitting completing forms for a meeting with uh, a client that lost her husband two weeks ago. And just dealing with these things are immensely difficult. I'd love to hear maybe if you have some stories about where someone has used this in action. I'm not sure you, the product is relatively new. Has there been an experience where someone has passed away and they're having to gather the documents from live docs or tell us a little bit if if you have any of that information with you so luckily um it's it's weird it's 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 kind of um we so no one has has passed away with a live docs account yet so to answer your question um but the i'm i'm quite ex- uh, it's, it's weird I, I if i can say i'm excited for for the event to actually happen i'm not excited for somebody to pass away but i'm excited to see that when it does happen how LifeDocs has helped out in this process, and I'm pretty confident it will. And uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be that's going to be my my um, my real product validation test is 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 once once somebody does pass away, they have a LifeDocs account. How did our process and how did our platform assist the family, the advisor, etc., in terms of winding up the estate? So unfortunately, no one has passed away as yet, or fortunately, but um, yeah, I, I, I suppose um, we have. 
tried to cater for every eventuality within that process and um, I think it should that should really assist with the with that well Jeff I think we're fortunate to know exactly what the process will follow when someone passes away you know we know what documentation the master requires we know what documentation we need to work through to gather information and the biggest thing we see is just that financial organization knowing which debit orders came off automatically versus which payments worked off. One of the things that surprised people that they thought, oh, I didn't really think that I need to note that in my my stack of files. Is there is there anything that maybe surprised you or some of your users? Yeah. So um I I would say one of the one of the um funniest stories is goes around DSTV and TV licenses. And um <laughs> a lot of the uh, people that deal in the, in uh, with fiduciary uh, or the fiduciary firms and, and people in the state uh, estate planning space, they they always say that the that the monster that's sitting underneath everything is you can reopen an estate for a for a two hundred and thirty rand TV license account, um, and so so they always they they always want to know you know where what's your TV license number so that's the one thing, and then DSTV is 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 pretty pretty keen on on closing your DSTV account the moment they hear that you pass away, so um, it's 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 hair raising when when the spouse is sitting at home and all they want to do is is watch a bit of TV and they can't do anything because DSTV has gone and closed that off. So yeah, um, and then from from client side when when they climb into the platform and they don't realize how much how, how many documents they need, it or it mostly it, it surprised it surprised them around. Um, the the marriage contract and um, a lot of people don't know how they married so so that's <laughs> that just that surprised me because okay I'm, I'm I've only been married for five years but uh, I, I still know how I'm married so I think a lot of people forget how they're married and and they go on there and they and you ask the question you know um, are you married in or out of community or property and they kind of have to think and yeah so so that surprised me um and then just the the amount of documentation surrounding a house if you own a house there's there's a lot of documents that are needed for for that so people say wow do you really need all this all this information um and firearms firearms is a real is a, is a real cracker as well um so yeah people that own firearms don't realize that that you that that firearm license and the and the competency is important as well but yeah there's uh i think Everyone kind of gets their own little shock, depending on on how many or how complex their their lives are. Um, but also, what it does is it opens up everything. So when you once you're done answering the questions and you've onboarded yourself, you have this this huge amount of of things that that you wouldn't normally have thought about. Um, so, for example, if you have business interests and trusts and 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 those types of things. So. Um, yeah, you wouldn't normally have thought that it'd be part of your estate, but it becomes super important when you when you do pass away. Jeff, how well does the training for chartered accountants prepare you to become an executor or to administer an estate? Because obviously you can be registered as an executor, but I'm I'm just curious, yeah. as a certified financial planner, we have a lot of training around estate liquidity, but very little training around what does it actually take to be an executor and deal with all these different things. So I'd love to hear from you about the training that you've had. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's pretty good actually. And the reason for that is um, not so much around the 
documentation that you need to submit to the master and so forth and so forth. It comes more around the the preparation of the uh, liquidation and distribution accounts. You know, studying studying finance, it gives you it gives you a real deep understanding of assets, liabilities, income, and expenses. So so kind of getting that financial position of of the person that has passed away. Then obviously when you when you look at companies and trusts, we we dive into that in in detail as well as part of our studies. Um, and a lot of a lot of the uh, chartered accountants out there are dealing with companies every single day, and tax as well. So when it when it comes to to doing uh, following up on tax returns, getting all your tax up to date, it it really helps to to have that background in finance. Um, so yeah, on on the deceased estate side, and as an executor, I think you are really we we are quite well prepared um, from from that point of view but on the estate planning side I, I think that's more more where you guys come in and and you know curate that estate plan and and because you have a deep understanding of product um we we kind of really good on the financial side and and collecting data you know being being auditors that's that's what we're trained to do is is is, is connect all the dots find the stuff let's go hunting for for documentation information accounts yeah so so that's that's kind of why um uh, I think a, a chartered accountant makes makes for a good executor. We're seeing more and more people use this kind of concept of, let's call it a brain trust or a group of advisors, right? You'd have your accountant and your attorney and your financial planner and maybe an insurance agent and have have this group. How does Livestock account for these multiple people that might be involved in the estate administration, but also dealing with the people that are left behind? Yeah, very good question. So I suppose what it comes down to is, if if you had to look at LifeDocs as a as a central place where the deceased can kind of upload all his documents and important information, then maintain it. Then you know on on passing or even during his lifetime, he's able to create contacts and share documents, you know, at any time with with people that are important to him. And I suppose these these people are going to be his accountant, his lawyer, his executor, some spouses and so forth. So so we've we've created the platform in such a way that this person can connect all his important people into his LifeDocs account. And then he has the the ability to share on his own terms whatever he wants with whom whomever. Um, and then uh, on the on the on the other end for the advisors they they're able then to also collaborate with with their customers that are LifeDocs customers as well through through the platform buy. So for example, if if you've just completed a will on behalf of your customer, you can go and upload that will into his vault. He will then get a notification and say and it'll say, um, dear uh, Peter Louis here has has gone and uploaded a will on your behalf. Do you accept the will? Do you want to review it first? And basically what we're doing is is we're giving the the power of the data and and the and the data aggregation sits with the end user, um, and that's that's kind of the core of our product um, from a privacy point of view. And we believe that the end user is the arbitrator of their of their data. So um, yeah, I suppose to to answer your question, it is possible to connect everybody. Um, you can connect loved ones into into the LifeDocs platform as well, and then also with our death report settings, you then able to dictate how you want your account to be disseminated when you do pass on um, through your emergency contacts and and whether you want your account deleted after a certain amount of days. So so we've tried to be as flexible as possible. Um, but I 
I do think that that it's up to it's up to the end user to decide who who he wants to share his personal information with and his sensitive information, um, and then hopefully once this process uh, starts, when the person does pass on, everyone can come into the Life.Docs ecosystem and say, okay, he has the treasure chest of everything we need. Let's all talk to each other. So yeah, I think I, th- I think it's a good um, playground for all these different um, professionals as well as the the end customer to to go and 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 um, collaborate for sure. Yeah, this concept of the end user being in control of their information and their data has been playing out over a number of years. You know, in the banking space, we have open banking. We haven't really seen that in the insurance and the investment space. It seems like the providers are holding on to the information. You know, sometimes they share it with your financial planner or your advisor, but very rarely can a end client transport their transactional based data between different providers. And you're kind of facilitating that now in the fiduciary or the estate space and cool. Like let's help the end user have control of their documents and move that around. Why would someone not just use a shared Dropbox or a Google Drive account as opposed to LiveDocs? Yeah, so really good question. It gets asked quite a lot. And um, my the, the easy answer to this is uh, it's, it's an analogy. So I, I, I kind of look at it as a Dropbox, Google Drive is like an attic or a garage. Everyone dumps everything in there. It's always messy. It's um, you. You go into anyone's garage. They they literally chuck anything in there. Then they they'll maybe go once every two years and go and try and do a little bit of organization and 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 see what's going on. We we have gone through through the process of saying we are a storage facility, yes, but we help you understand what is important and we guide you through the process of taking this important information and only giving uh, only uploading what is what is really important and we package it nice and neatly for you and we wrap it around with that estate readiness score so we don't want everything from you we only want the important stuff because that's that's what's going to get you estate ready um and yeah that's 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 the that's the fundamental difference between between us and and a, a normal generic storage provider is we guide people through the process and we tell them what's important because they don't know you know if, if i had to say to you go and go and drop all your important documents into into google drive i can assure you that will give you probably an estate readiness score of about 40 you know maybe even yeah because you don't actually know what what you need so we ask the questions we we find out where you are in your life what you have and then and then we tell you okay this is important for that yeah, it's bringing that context, right? So it's not yeah. just data, it becomes information. It's saying, okay, this is yeah. what's relevant to you. You don't have to worry about a trust deed if you don't have a trust. You don't have to worry about yeah. firearm licenses if you don't have it. Do we have on the roadmap a notification function to just let everyone know, hey, I've passed away? Like, is that because it, it seems like that is one of the one of the most difficult processes to actually start kicking off that and you know, even just notifying family and friends yeah so yeah within the platform there there is a section called death report settings where um if you up if you select or if you um create a contact and that contact is an emergency contact they then get notified that they are an emergency contact and if they report that you are have passed away we then fire off an email to you saying, um, hey, Louis, have you passed away? So just to make sure that there's no fraud involved. And if a certain time has passed, and, and, and these are settings you can adjust at your own terms. So if a certain amount of time has passed and you haven't responded to us, we then go go ahead and and open up your vault to to 
your um, all your emergency contacts, as well as also share documents that you've chosen to share with people upon your death. So if you do upload a document, let's say, for example, it's a wish, uh, a, a couple of death wishes, and you want to share it with a specific individual upon your death, that will then get fired off upon your death. So, so we've, um, we've tried to cater for, for that uh, scenario as well. Um, and then one, one important feature that, that we are exploring now, and, and it's becoming a little bit easier as we, as we go down the road of, of finding our third party data aggregators is we're able to, um, Check with the Department of Home Affairs what your what your deceased state uh, what your deceased status is. Um, a little bit of nuances around implementation, but it's looking pretty positive in terms of us being able to verify your your um, your. Uh, live status and um, what's quite nice is most hospitals these days are linked directly into home affairs so the moment they issue a, a, a death certificate it pretty much updates kind of live with the department of home affairs so yeah as that tech evolves and it becomes a little bit more robust um, generally dealing with the department of home affairs is, is a bit tricky so as that becomes a little bit more more robust and um, it's 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 very accurate, we'll then implement that as well. So then then you don't actually have to do anything, and we'll know when you've passed away, and then we can go and fire off everything automatically as well. Jeff, how do people manage their social media accounts and their passwords around this time of death? You know, is there an elegant way where people gain access? to important accounts, even just things like emails, or should it just be blocked and you have to deal through the the various channels? Yeah, so it's actually really difficult. Um, I know I know some platforms such as Facebook and Google and Twitter and some of the bigger platforms allow you to or allow a loved one to go in and, and turn the account into a legacy account or whatever the case may be. But I think it's really, really important, especially if you've got a big social presence and you've got a lot of different accounts like, like we all do. I mean, I, I must have about 100 passwords sitting sitting in, in, in my Google accounts. Um, so I, I think what's very what's the prudent approach is to gather the really important uh, social media accounts or your digital platform accounts and load them into LifeDocs. And what we've done is we allow you to to add a digital access or a, or, a, or a digital platform in there. And we we give you the option of leaving breadcrumbs. So we don't specifically say to you, put your username and password in, rather put on there, this is how you're going to, this is what I want you to do. And this is how you're going to access it. Whether you want to leave your username and password in there, it's up to you. It's, it's, it's obviously going to be pretty safe, but We've, we've gone through the approach of leaving breadcrumbs rather. So if you decide to write all your social media um, passwords and usernames on a piece of paper, stick it under your desk, which I, which I don't suggest is a great idea, then, then um, just leave, leave the breadcrumb and say, listen, all my passwords are sitting under my desk um, on a piece of paper. So, so we've, we've gone with that sort of omni approach of saying, do whatever makes you feel comfortable. But the, the, uh, ability to do that within LifeDocs is there, and I think it's really important that people consider this. And um, a lot of people also don't don't consider that. It, um, you know, how do they unlock my phone if I pass away? You know, it's and and it's linked to my fingerprint, so <laughs> it's linked to my face, it's linked to my fingerprint. So, are there any other ways of of going about this? So, yeah, it's it kind of it's it's very necessary to to actually think about this. And um, yeah, hopefully we've we've cracked it with uh, with the LifeDocs ecosystem. It's a real balance, eh? having the the practicality of someone needs to be able to see messages and emails 
And then also having security and someone not abusing it at a time when, you know, maybe they shouldn't be looking at your messages and your emails. How often should clients be revisiting their estate readiness? So this is historically, if you if you had to go back 20 years, you would find that a person generally had a pretty stable job. They had a retirement annuity with the company. You know, it, everything was pretty, pretty stable. The price of milk stayed the same for five years. Things, things kind of just plotted along on, on a predictable trajectory. And that's why the, the old, you know, red file with a, with a checklist on a, on a piece of paper kind of worked where, you know, you get all your documents together once your family knows that you worked for this one company. This one company looked after you and, and you had an RA and you were with, let's say, for example, old mutual for the last 30 years. It's really easy to do. And you've been in the same bank. Um, then, then, you kind of keep all this data together um, and you don't have to revisit it very often because nothing much changes. Um, these days, things are hectic. It's crazy. People are changing jobs every every year, every two years. It's, it's even faster now. It's actually um, some some people are changing jobs every six months. It's And you, you kind of need to, I would say in the modern era, and uh, I hope I'm correct here, but I would say at least every six months, it's something that you need to look at. Um, from a and not everything. I think you you will yearly for sure. Um, but all your other things, I think every six months, just just get to a point where you where you're keeping everything up to date. Um, because you know you're buying and selling a car. A lot of if <laughs> if you look at uh, how busy we buy cars is, then you must know people are turning over cars quite fast. So um, back in the day, your uh, your dad would drive his his Toyota Camry for for twenty years. Now 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 you're swapping out your GTI every every six months. So um, yeah, you you got to keep track of that stuff. It's important. There's a saying in the transitions planning: when life changes, money changes, and when money changes, life changes. And so it's yep. just a good financial habit to, as you're doing these things, as you're maybe doing your taxes or updating your budget, you know, just going into yep. life docs and uh, it becomes part of your financial housekeeping, I guess. Hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And um, what what we what we're doing as well is with the estate readiness score um, is. If you don't update certain information, the estate reading score actually starts decreasing um, based on time as well. So, so you uh, some people think that they can get 100% estate ready and they'll stay like that. But uh, yeah, we've we've caught onto that trick and we're trying to say no. Um, this is something that you need to update often. So, if you haven't updated your will, you haven't confirmed that it's still it's still relevant. Then we start um, start getting you on your estate readiness score, and hopefully that's a that's a good carrot to to keep people to keep people coming back. Um, and also, yeah, it's 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 kind of our journey. We we're going to work with with um, with our end users, with advisors, to try and find out what's the what's the optimal way of keeping people estate ready. Because no one wants to do it. It's something that it's always at the bottom of your list because no one thinks that they're going to die in the next day, next month, next year. So so you really need to engage with people. That's why we gamified the estate readiness score. Um, yeah, just engage with people around this to make sure that you know they're constantly estate ready. One day people are not going to ask what's your credit score, but they're going to say what's your estate readiness score. You know, are you? Yeah, exactly. Do you have a good score? Exactly, and I, I suppose that uh, that could maybe benefit um, executors, especially firms that are 
are um, providing executorship on wills, you know, um, it, it can give them comfort in in knowing that that um, the the fees that they're going to charge could could maybe either be uh, supplemented by the state readiness score or just to assist them in the administration at the end of the day, because that's a huge process to to administrate an estate, and I don't think people understand that. Uh, it's not easy. It's a tough. It's a really really tough thing to do. So. Um, yeah, hopefully we can we can get to um, assisting with that um, in in a big way. Change change the mindset and change that change the the uh, landscape that people have been operating in for the last. I don't know. I'm pretty sure this industry has been the same for the last 20 years or so. Yeah, and don't forget the impact that you have on the loved ones that are left behind because we deal with those ones putting their lives back together. And yes, the executor would find a way to deal with it because they deal with it every day. But for the spouse or the partner that's left behind, that's really where the difference comes in, um, essentially for, yeah. for our client base, making sure that they have that peace of mind. Jeff, you guys yeah. are really moving you know, the fiduciary industry into, into a new era. And I think this is what the show is all about, you know, the positive evolution yeah. of financial advice. What's next for LifeDocs? Is there anything that you can share with us that you're very excited that uh, that might be coming? Yeah, so um, our next big project is um, in the in the automation space. So we we our goal is to try and get people to be estate ready. So onboard themselves, get them to be estate ready to around about 70% within a matter of minutes. So, and, and how we want to achieve that is we have some third-party data aggregators that's, that um, are going to allow us access to the API. And basically, if you, Louis, log on to LifeDocs and you sign up and you onboard yourself, we're going to ask you to say, Louis, do you give us consent to go into the market and find all your data for you? And then, and then we'll then be able to pull in all your debit orders, we're able to pull in your vehicles, we're able to pull in your insurance um, and so forth and so forth. So we're really excited about that. It's a monumental task, um, but we've mapped the journey. We've got the partners. It's just, uh, it's it's a function of developing and um, yeah, and iteration. So that hopefully will come out, I would probably say um, early next year um, from a, in, in a, in a, in a beta testing phase. Um, and yeah, we'll, 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 we're really excited about that because that's going to start adding huge amounts of value to, to the end user for, for them to get themselves a state ready a lot faster. And all they have to do then is fill in the blanks where, where needed. There's a saying in software industry that you, you can say which quarter, but you can't say which year. So I'm very glad you, you committed to that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've really had to come to terms with, with saying like Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. So yeah, the tech space is, it's a, it's a really tough space to navigate. I, I tend to um, think about things happening a lot faster than than my co-founder who's who's the actual developer so he has to kind of hold me back and pull me pull me at the reins to say listen just uh, calm down in terms of your uh, promises so yeah but uh, we we super excited and and we and we're moving on quite fast so for people that would like to get a little bit more information or just connect with you what's the best way to to do that 
Yeah, so um, I suppose uh, three ways. The, the the first is you can email me, jeffrey at uh, lifedocs.co.za, and I'll, I'll respond as quickly as I can. And then on my LinkedIn, I've got a LinkedIn profile as well, so you can you can get hold of me there. And um, lastly, I think if you if you sign up onto onto LifeDocs, you use the platform, and you do have any questions or or any concerns, you you're able to within the app. Um, you know, raise raise any any bugs or issues there, and and contact us there. And um, all our contact details are on the website as well. So I mean, you can give us a call. You can you can drop us an email. Um, yeah, we we try our best to keep in touch with all our customers and uh, get get feedback as often as possible, and try and get as as much as much information to help us improve the platform uh, at any stage. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being Thank here you. today and sharing this conversation with me. I wish you all the best. Thank you, Louis. I really, really appreciate it.